This is the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast. I'm Dave. The mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, has a podcast. No one listens to it except a dog walker in Queens. If you'd like more info about all that, I suggest listening to the first episode of this podcast. This episode, our third, is about the second episode of the Get Stuff Done Cast, titled S1EO2 Asylum Seekers. How NYC Manages an Historic Humanitarian Crisis, which was released February 6th, 2023. It features Eric Adams having a sit-down conversation with Manuel Castro, Commissioner of the Mayor's Office of Immigration Affairs, Zachary Iscall, Commissioner of NYC Emergency Management, and Dr. Ted Long, Senior VP for Ambulatory Care and Population Health at NYC Health and Hospitals. Man, that's a lot of long, formal titles. Out of the gate, one of the things I'm going to raise is that there aren't transcripts for this podcast, or at least I couldn't find them, which not only limits the people who can engage with the show to people who can listen to a podcast, as well as people for whom this medium is useful, but it also makes my job extremely annoying. Still, this is the life I've chosen, but I do wonder if the ADA might have something to say about a government project that doesn't take reasonable steps to make sure of accessibility. Nevertheless, Adams begins by setting the stage. A lot of people are coming to New York, and he needs people who can manage the crisis, which is his word for a lot of people coming to New York, while assuring that basic services continue unimpeded. He introduces Zach Iskall, who has one of the long titles I gave a few moments ago, but Adams focuses primarily on Iskall's time in the Marines. Dr. Ted Long is introduced as a guy who smiles a lot, and who ran Test and Trace during COVID, Manuel Castro is introduced as a guy who has been through a lot personally. Adams continues to set the stage by saying that a whopping 43,000 people went through the shelter system last year, which sounds like, honestly, not that much in a city this large. The largest city in the country? Adams asked Castro to humanize the refugee experience by talking about his own family's arrival in America when he was five. So Castro does that. It's broad strokes. Castro seems like he may not be entirely comfortable talking about his family, which would be understandable, but it's compelling. Castro seems empathetic and like he really cares for the people arriving here, and he wants to give them a a less hardship-filled experience than his family had. He gives the first talking point of the episode. This is historic, and the same way we read about Ellis Island, we're going to read about this. For the record, Wikipedia tells me that in the first year of operation, Ellis Island processed 400,000 immigrants. At any rate, the mayor says that Castro is correct. He then asks Iskall to talk about the places they identified to house these migrant refugees. How did they pick these places where they've put four HERCs, which are Housing Emergency Response and Relief Centers, basically temporary tent-based refugee camps, and 80-some hotels in the city? 
Iskall responds that they went and looked at places and used an interagency process. They've looked at cruise ships, parks, parking lots for housing people. None of those are houses. He says that there's issues with housing people in every place that they look at, probably because they're not houses. So they need to figure those issues out. His team has looked at 120 locations across the city, which, if you're paying attention, doesn't appear to be that much higher than the 84-ish that the mayor cited as being opened. Roughly two-thirds hit ratio. They must be doing really good at finding places with issues they can mitigate, despite looking at parking lots and parks as if those are realistic housing options. When asked how long it takes to open a site, Iskall says there's months of negotiations with people and control of the property, but once they're allowed to open in 7 to 10 days, which, okay, they're moving fast in what they claim is a crisis, but that doesn't imply that a lot of stuff is going to be available initially at these sites. Indeed, if you look at the photos of the Randall's Island, Herc, it's just a big tented room full of cots. That's about it. I don't want to diminish the work that the people are doing here. It's very difficult, and the ones who truly want to help are doing saint-level jobs, but none of this seems oriented towards actually housing people, actually making New Yorkers of these people. Partially, I'm coming at this with the benefit of another nine or so months of the mayor ranting at every live mic he can find. that NYC doesn't have the resources to manage this crisis that keeps threatening to overwhelm the city, but somehow never actually does so. And then recently traveling to the Darien Gap to tell migrants to their faces not to come here. Everyone on this podcast calls Eric Adams Mr. Mayor, or Sir. Iskall keeps saying that they're doing their best, that no location could ever be perfect, and I keep being a little mystified because, of course, doing large congregate services in tents on disused lands or buying out flophouse hotels is going to come with quote-unquote challenges for the people housed there. That's why there isn't housing there. Maybe you could put the people you're trying to house in, like, Actual housing, I don't know. Adam says to Iskall, quote, As a Marine, you know better than anyone. When you're in the field of battle, you have to compromise. You know, I've only met a couple Marines, but compromising isn't exactly how I'd describe them. Iskall says there aren't a lot of hotels remaining that the city can use this way because of the rates hotel owners want to charge which doesn't seem like the type of thing a city as wealthy as New York should just be, like, admitting. Like, one, you have the money. You just don't want to spend it. Two, you're the city the hotels are in. You can tell them what you're going to be paying them and let them lump it. And three, there's just an assumption so basic under, un, underlying all of this that this must be done as cheaply as possible and without basic comforts for these people. We can't possibly get them good hotels at rates that tourists are charged. These aren't tourists. They're less than those people. They get shelter. Unless they're single adult males, as Cole Hurry used to add. Families get shelter. Single adult males can go into congregate settings like the Herks. I cannot imagine there's a way to prevent COVID from spreading in that environment. But then it's not like these are real people, right? I'm getting angry, but I'm listening to people congratulating themselves for providing a warehouse full of cots to the immiserated. Ted then talks about the stuff we provide as a city. Laundry, language services, food, tickets to elsewhere. 
We started by providing one sandwich per day and dinner. Then we found out that not everyone wants a sandwich. So we asked people what they wanted to eat, he says. Everyone then agrees that it's hurtful that people call the Herx detention camps. This opens the main thrust of the podcast. While the asylum seekers need support and have been through terrible traumas, the real victims are those being called mean names for not giving the asylum seekers that support. A lot of time gets spent on the fact that people protested the forced removal of settled refugees from a hotel to a Herc, which sure seemed to be based on the fact that the local residents near the hotel were upset that refugees had the temerity to exist near them. To hear Adams tell it, the villains in this story are the people who were upset that the refugees were being moved. Iskall is asked to talk about the places that they turned down. Sometimes there's asbestos issues. There's a huge warehouse in Brooklyn that'd be perfect, but it's full of rats and would cost $3 million to remediate that, so if you want to write a horror movie in your head for a quick second, evidently there's just this huge city storage building in Brooklyn just sitting there full of rats who are busy generating more rats all the time because it's the greatest city in the world doesn't have $3 million. Mm. They looked at armories, but they'd have to displace community programming. Parks need tent-supporting infrastructure. Randall's Island had concerts scheduled, and obviously people need concerts more than refugees need roofs. The cruise terminal had to stay open to cruise ships, because otherwise how would people catch norovirus? None of these things are housing. We need housing anyway in the city. Just build it. So... Everybody wins. These idiots keep talking about their imaginations and pivoting and shifting and improvising, and then their solutions to about 40,000 people arriving is, I don't know, how about we put a big tent on a flooded, abandoned rail yard? My guy, you're allowed to go with the second thought, even if the second thought is, like, really obviously the actual solution. Quote, there's a commercial that says, never let them see you sweat, says a man who just soaked his seat, complaining that no one gave him a Nobel Peace Prize for figuring out that the roast beef sandwiches are so bad that people who walk through the fucking Darien Gap with their families on their backs were refusing to eat them. And then he shuts the pod down for this episode. So what have we learned? Well... Eric Adams does speak compassionately about these people while also speaking about them yeah, abstractly and frankly with a dehumanizing remove. He never says a single specific thing about an asylum seeker that he met except how they kept telling him what a good job he was doing. Members of Adams' administration don't seem empowered to speak very freely. They only answer his questions mostly by repeating back statements that he phrased as a question. Eric Adams doesn't like hearing no. Eric Adams has a thin skin and takes criticism very personally. Eric Adams seems to spend a lot of time in this podcast complaining about how mean everyone is to him. That's time he could be focusing on communicating about the work they're doing and the plans they have to move forward. New Yorkers are mean to the powerful. That's like one of the best fucking things about this fucking city. Because we're looking back, I'm going to give you a quick update on what the mayor was doing between the release of the previous episode on January 30th, 2023, and this one on February 6th, so we can put it in context. 
He slept overnight in a migrant shelter in Brooklyn and put multiple pictures and videos of himself online, hanging out with migrants who were, I'm sure, happy to be photographed for that purpose. For his part, the mayor said he slept like a baby. He started the curbside compost pickup program to divert food scraps from landfills, and I really have nothing at all negative to say about that. It's a legitimately good thing. Good job, mayor. He ended the COVID vaccination mandate for city employees, and he had the city's office of the mayor website put up a press release about his podcast, and this stuck out to me. Quote, We vowed to build an administration that talks directly to and hears directly from the people we serve. That's exactly what the new Get Stuff Done cast will help us do, said Mayor Adams. Sign up to hear directly from me and from New Yorkers from all walks of life on how we're actually getting stuff done for our city. As a spoiler, I've already listened to quite a few of these, and at no time has the mayor indicated that there's a way for him to hear directly from the people listening. He never mentions an email address where you can send him feedback or questions or asks what you'd like to hear about. He never solicits reviews or ratings, though, to be fair, I also never do so because I don't believe that reviewing something like a podcast is a sane thing to do. But I will give you my email in like 30 seconds. So that's this episode in The Mayor, and that's this episode as a whole. If you like this, thought it was interesting, want to hear more, the best way to make sure you do so is to hit subscribe on whatever podcatcher app you're using to hear my voice right now. The best way to let other people know about this podcast is to tell a friend or an enemy about it, but I refuse to believe that liking it does anything and reviewing it will just take up moments of your life that you could be telling a friend or, I don't know, eating something delicious. Transcripts of this show are available at stuffstuffcastcast.wixsite.com slash stufftranscripts. And I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at stuffstuffcastcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next time.